Weird Things is brought to you by patreon.com slash weird things. Support the show. Hello and welcome to the Weird Things Triumvirate Podcast, where three curious minds like to explore very interesting topics because four would be too many. Joining me is Mr. Brian Brushwood. Hello, hello. Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hello. Hi, Andrew. Thank you for joining us. No, thank you for having us. Welcome back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you wait for all three. You covered all podcast. three there. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm glad to be here on the podcast that you run up to the nearest studios. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> How's it going, thank Andrew? Thank you for being on my show. Yeah, I'm glad It does be. not exist if I'm by myself. Uh, <laughs> I want to jump right in. Uh, maybe you saw this. Maybe you already talked about another show. I don't know, but bear or human? Oh, bear or human? I mean, uh, I assume we're not talking about the category of both words where they can be. Why not both? But yeah, <laughs> but <A> homonym. <laughs> as soon as like we're talking about ursines and in uh, hominids. Mm. Oh, so a Chinese zoo has been forced to defend the claim that their sun bears are actually people in costume. I've not seen any video of this. I only saw a photo, and I'll be danged if that's not a very erect standing bear that appears to be giving a TED Talk. <laughs> that bear, that bear's giving a TED Talk right now. Oh, okay, look, sun, ba- <laughs> sun bears look goofy. Sun, sun bears just look goofy. Like, I... They, they, it looks like they're working for uh, uh, Theranos. Like, like they're about to give me your honey. Give me your honey. Your honey. Type in Google search bear or human, and and see you'll see that the photo that caused it was Washington Post ran a photo that I admit when I looked at that I'm like that's got to be a person. And it'll look. Show you. That's, yeah, that's what sun bears look like. They like, look weird. They're in really, summary, like the, wrink, the, the wrinkles on the back are like it's so. You're like, huh? <laughs> um, I, I, so some YouTubers actually went to the zoo in China to go see these things, and it's funny to watch them because they're like, I'll get you the name of them. Uh, they were. It was a little bit confusing at first. What, wait, wait, while you're looking why. that up, like just just to explain the posture, it's like there's a crowd he's addressing as though it's Smokey the Bear finishing a lecture saying, in short, I can't stop forest fires. They can't stop forest fires. Only you can prevent forest fire. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that. That's a bear. Look at him. That's a bear. I don't know. That's a bear. It's a big otter. It, well, and aren't bears big otters to begin with? I don't think they are. Look at I don't that's think they are to be. That's not a human shape. That's the shape of humans like in idiocracy. That's like a joke shape of a human being. People aren't shaped like that. Yeah, but I saw Predator. <laughs> the documentary. What does that mean? What I mean, I mean, mean? I mean, you, you know, you, you you put on a little prosthetics. You ain't never seen Harry and the Hendersons. Uh, n- no, I haven't seen that one either. Well, uh, I can name a bunch of old oh. movies that you also haven't seen. Well, the, yes, that's also <laughs> part of this conversation. But uh, the creepy thing is, very rarely in any wild animal do we see 
that type of excellent posture. And if we do, we usually see it like in somebody's pet leaning up against a couch. But in this case, it's perfect. Po like if I wanted to advise somebody on how to address an, aud an audience, this is exactly how I would, would recommend they stand because it's authoritative. It's ex it's amazing. <laughs> So Andrew, we're taking a look at this. This is from PP Peter on uh, on YouTube. I yeah, you can go way. There's a very long video to the point where they get to. Okay, so they're making it to the zoo here. A few days ago, the zoo made an official statement that the rumors about an actual human being in a bear suit are complete nonsense. They also added that this particular species also, uh, of bear... Also, uh, think of what they'd be admitting to if they said they were true. <laughs> you got us. We keep humans locked in captivity. Actually, we make them pretend to be bears. Oh my God! Hold on, hold on. What, uh, Look at uh, that. Okay, oh, let's say let's say you committed a crime and the judge offered you either ten years of regular jail or five years of zoo jail. Only five year reduction. And uh, or uh, uh, okay. yeah, five year reduction, half your sentence, but. You have to wake up every day and pretend to be, uh, maybe you learn how to walk on four stilts and you're a giraffe. Maybe, maybe, maybe you uh, are short enough that you're able to waddle like a penguin or something. This is becoming which, fetishy very which, 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 Welcome to Brian Jail. <laughs> which, which would you do? Would you, would you take the shorter uh, sentence and go to... I am surprised you are not already a Texas judge, Brian, <laughs> given your capacity for very creative punishment. So you just want to be a human, a human zoo creature? Wow, well, we caught you going 50 in a school zone. Looks like we need a new new snail for the Austin Zoo. <laughs> and at some point, at some point, I'm just describing what it's like to work for uh, 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 the Henson Company. <laughs> yes, yeah. there are people out there going this. Okay, get to the bad part. <laughs> so, uh, verdict is. Uh, oh, I think those are real bears, but I they, I think there's just an uncanny they're about to leave, posture. But wait, they're about to leave oh, when it stands up. They saw this. Okay. You can see that the hips sag around its body, so it kind of looks like a suit. <laughs> All right, guys, what's the final say? Is it what's a the final say? Are we looking at Brian's fantasy <laughs> of a human zoo? <laughs> Or is this an actual zoo that we flew across the planet for, to go see? For our audio listeners, part of the compelling part, why it was so hard, is that when the sun bear stood up, the back of their skin sagged above their butt and mm. created this wrinkle that looked like a Halloween costume that needed to be ironed. Well, but that's and just... so when you see that, it's like... Yeah. But that's how butt skin works. That's how, like, that's... Maybe on you. That's they're animals. They're animals. They've got to hide. Like it's. I mean, yeah, they they better hide. <laughs> you know, that one. I have a. They said attendance spike. I say we go to a struggling zoo and we do one thing. That is, we glue zippers on the backs of all the animals. <laughs> we we uh, we just we just uh uh, uh we glue little drawstring bows like down around their back that looks yeah. like a corset <laughs> so, so we just sort of swoop that down so it looks like somebody just tied on an animal suit we'll just go in okay, and slap on a bunch of i voted stickers 
I know we put hot pants on them so they can all be like sexy, whatever, you know, sexy penguin, sexy this. You're going to get a lot of visitors that's, no, to the no, zoo. That, that's, so, that, that's so interesting because like imagine imagine if uh, you trained a, a, a bunch of animals uh, to get really excited when they see the I voted stickers because they know that food is coming next. Yeah. They don't care about the cultural statement that you're making. Or or maybe it's like, you know, a, a, a McCain Feingold <laughs> 2008 or whatever. Like, uh, uh, it, what is the morality of doing that? I I, I feel like it's totally moral. Any zoos out there that want to boost their attendance, you can reach us here at the Weird Things Podcast. <laughs> we got a lot of ideas. Well, like, uh, you know what it makes me think of that we haven't talked about in a hot minute. This bubbled up out of my memory uh, a, a couple of weeks ago. But remember that dude who, air quotes, trained a bunch of fishes and then went on magic shows to show his trained goldfish? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now, hold on. Now, that sounds like something. I mean, uh, it's an animal. You can train an animal. Uh, oh, I, uh, do, do you remember what this looked like, Bryce, or is this news to you? Uh, the, uh, well, I'm playing it up a little bit here, but I, I don't think I've actually seen this. Oh, you need to see it because we need to hear your reaction to uh, just just look up trained goldfish. Uh, <laughs> magic Cover for maybe. 20 seconds. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, I also got a video I sent to Bryce, which is the Bigfoot film stabilized. Oh, and it just the, it, it, the Gimli Patterson. Oh, it, it, it's definitely just so <laughs> the famous the famous Bigfoot photo looks really different when everything is stabilized. It's definitely just a guy in a gorilla it's the dude walking. <laughs> It's just a dude walking. <laughs> I, uh, I hadn't realized that. No method, no technique. He's going to get cigarettes. Okay, wow. 2008, okay. so we're back, what, 15 years? Dean Dean Palmer Lau here on YouTube's got this cool. upload. I'm going to show my uh, best fish comet doing some of his tricks. In real time, no cutaways, nothing up my sleeve. Oh, wait, this no, is, this, uh, is, this is only a single fish. The one I'm the thinking of oh, is, is, is like a whole platoon of them. And it's on. Yeah, it's a Chinese magician. Yeah, it's a Chinese magician. Okay. uh, And it's on national television at the time. Uh, But uh, it's. uh, uh, (laughs) Let me in advance say that the one that you were about to show us, Bryce, I take at face value because goldfish can be trained. Mm, Okay. Now, now see. Mm -hmm. (laughs) However. uh, I don't know that regiments of goldfish can be trained to this level of precision. Just, just Bryce, you talk us through this. What is Bryce watching? Okay, I'm gonna zoom ahead a little bit to where we actually see the tank. So we're looking okay. at a a live uh, performance from 2011 on Chinese TV, I think. We've got uh, a small. It's a tank. It's a flat tank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we've got a small sort of flat tank where uh, there are what six, seven fish uh, in in the tank. Uh, it almost looks like one of those uh, carnival carnival games you know the or, or or a tiny koi pond yeah yep yeah, yeah. and uh, uh talk us through what happens now sure so they're they're casually looking over the fish talking over the fish um and chinese ringmaster in a skirt yeah he's wearing like a very like unflattering skirt i would i would pick flattering that was that was an interesting detail i would pick a better color than that a better than flesh oh, okay so oh, here we go oh he's pulled out a whistle <laughs> no, that's not real at all. 
all. That's they're just they're all all of them are moving in sync like like uh, synchronized swimmers. This is not real at all. Come on. Okay, what 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 parts are not real? Is it not Chinese television? Is it not uh, it, I I can imagine a world where he fed these fish like a rare magnet and then had some some junk under the table to, like like if, like one of those football one of those football games. Oh, you're muted, Andrew. Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, we we uh, uh, congrats. You're a winner. <laughs> a winner we, is that's you. Why we call him Jugular Bryce. He just went straight for it. Yeah. Straight at it. <laughs> you can tell. There's so. Uh, so at the time, at the time, because this was, uh, you know, 2011? When, when, when secrets of magic were uh, deemed as more sacrosanct, uh, he. Oh, he did I just to, reveal? Did I? Did oh? Did I? Did I sin? No, did I just it's sin? okay. Oh. No, 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 no. I think we, I think we all agree that he sinned when he said, "Nope, they're just really well trained." And then people are like. So you didn't feed lead shot into a bunch of fish <laughs> and have magnets running around. He's like, nope, just wow. really well-trained fish. Well, look at that. He put that fish in the painting. <laughs> I'm sure the fish is fine. I bet he goes through a lot of fish. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy you instantly. <laughs> like, I feel like your training is I've complete. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I've seen that before, maybe. But but yeah, that's... Uh, 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 ooh... Uh, uh, so considering that we raise fish for the purposes of slicing them up and then eating them, eating them, yeah, is that cruel? Because those fish get to live longer lives, and they just have the weird moment that their bellies tell them where to go. <laughs> well, we don't eat goldfish. Don't know. Don't know. I do not know. I I, I would say that that, that that's a hard exit. <laughs> <laughs> on behalf of Andrew Maine. <laughs> it's like, gonna, it's a mystery gonna, of the universe. <laughs> not going to stake my career on this one. Yeah, you know? yeah, I'm going to yeah. get canceled for something. <laughs> it's not going to be, it's it's not gonna be a 13-year-old clip <laughs> of fish going yeah. in a circle. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know what? Honestly, I'm more, imp I'm, imp I want to see how he did it because it's really impressive. However, he did the, like the, whatever the system he did to actually move them all is actually, okay. if, if, I, I, if, well, if I recall the we, speculation, there's a, I, yeah. we, we don't, there's a very, if you're a magician, you look at this again, you go, oh yeah. Cause he just did a thing that, why did he do that? And then you go, now I understand why he did that. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. But uh, uh, it, it does appear, uh, and and I, I don't mind speculating because I actually don't know, but uh, they look like slot cars. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, if, if you, uh, let's say they had a high iron diet, <laughs> and then <laughs> some magnets were running on a slot car track, I would imagine that would produce a similar I, effect. I think... I think that's way more sophisticated than maybe if you watch the very beginning of the clip. Oh no! Okay, all right. Are there, there? He's also pointing a. There's like a laser, or maybe that's just the stage lighting. But wow. Yeah, okay. But, Nobody knows mystery. Magic spoiler. Cruel or not cruel? Magic spoiler. Is that when presented with a miracle? Look for the thing. You go. Wait. Why did that just happen? Why did you need to do that? Mm, yeah. That classic. And I'm always asking myself, why? Why did you need to do that? And you guys are right. against Brian Zoo. <laughs> well, not no, half sentences. That. Half sentences. But 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 Brian, you can do anything in your property. 
We need, we need, we need a, we need a, we need five sea anemones. Every morning you show up and you attach these wiggle worms to your toes and you just wiggle them all day in the water. (laughs) Half sentences. Embezzlement? Yeah, you want to get back to your family in half the time? But it's still a human zoo. It's still a, it's literally a They can always go back to regular prison. That's what I was saying. That's Uh, that's even, that that seems way worse. Fine. Okay. You know what? We also have another land, you know, just like Disney. We have, we have human zoo land. We have regular prison land. We also have telemarketer land. And we also have. Can we put them in the uh, zoo? We also have handwritten envelope land. All of them have their benefits. Come to scan land. (laughs) Opening 2020. Too. Oh, opening last year. <laughs> this is the next one. Oh, got it. Uh, gentlemen, we have to break the sad news that it seems very likely LK99, the the plausible superconductor that stole our hearts, just has not been able to match the threshold of reproducibility. Uh, well, keep in mind, it's in very good company along with things like the Stanford, uh, uh, prison study and most of psychology. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would, no, I would say that it's in rare company because those things stood around for 50 years while here, I think, I think we had a great response. I love the fact that people went out to test it. And and I had, I had a friend who I I like a lot as a smart thinker, but he's like, Oh man, I knew it was fake to begin with. I'm like, well, I think we all thought it was kind of fake. We shouldn't be judged by our gut checks. We should be judged by our effort to find the truth. Yeah. And I, I congratulate everybody that went out and tried to build samples and to test this. I think that's this that was a great thing. And some people go, oh, it was wasteful. Well, yeah, science is wasteful. Like we don't get to predict what's if we could predict what was going to work, then we wouldn't need science. Well, and, and that, uh, going back to the philosopher Karl Popper, like the core of science is not how good an idea or how much sense it makes. The core of science is uh, falsifiability. And it's more important that you attempt a, a thousand times, it, it, like the whole job of science is to try to prove that something is total BS. And it's only when you get exhausted because it just keeps working that that's when you're like, okay, fine. For now, let's assume that gravity is real. And then even then it's for now. And 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 yeah. the te- the testing was like really fast. This was a like granted, probably because we ended up debunking it, but um I I'm sh- I'm shocked how fast we went through this whole process. Even 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 uh, as far as a few weeks ago, I felt like people saying like, oh no, it's not real was like really was really quick. I like, well, maybe, maybe hope a little longer, but uh, science has gotten faster, right? Yeah, I think too, we, and to be sure, to be clear, we believe it's not real. The, the consensus seems to, we still cannot actually say because there's a lot of variability in the material or whatever. And that's thing we have to keep in mind too. Like, it's not like I expect there's going to be some Hail Mary a month from now, but to, to be honest and be truly scientific about it, we have to say, hey, uh, this could still come out. It just seems highly unlikely. And remember, science isn't about yes or no or binary. Science is percentages, you know. And so I'd say that we could say at the very degree, high, high degree of probability, unlikely to be true. So, uh, still, 
it, it reminded me a little bit, and, and this is just because I happen to be reading both at the same time. Uh, uh, I'm midway through Alex Epstein's book, um, uh, Fossil Future, where he was talking about a bias that uh, among certain humans where it's like, it feels like just existing is kind of an original sin against planet Earth or whatever. And the example he gave, at first I was rolling my eyes because he brought up cold fusion uh, and and uh, uh, the cold fusion hype of, I think, 1988 or 89 turned out to be totally bunk. But the knee-jerk responses of people who were afraid of overpopulation, like your Paul Ehrlichs and so on, their response was, uh, good God, I hope this isn't true, because then there would just be so much productivity. That would be a, a disaster for the planet, <laughs> <laughs> which, which was really fascinating to me. I, I, I thought that was a good observation. <laughs> we we see that right now with AI. We see that with, with like, ah, oh, job loss is real. It is going to impact everybody. That is real, but it's like, I'm like, okay, AI is an efficient way to solve problems. So you're telling me that we've solved all the problems on Earth, that, that everybody gets medical care, everybody gets access to expertise, everybody gets the education they want? And it's like, well, obviously, no. I'm like, okay, AI could help with that. And it's just this weird, particularly when it comes from people in, in places in the world where they already have a lot of their basic needs met. They look at it differently, and it's like anything that can impact and maybe help other people get their needs met. It's weird. This is something that well, and and to to it. to state it, uh, this is overly reductionist and not fair. But it's like if you walk up and down, you know, Manhattan and say, "What's the biggest threat to the planet?" Uh, uh, if you had a billion dollars to throw at any cause, what it would would it be? Everybody would say uh, uh, climate change. Um, uh, if you made that same offer in uh, uh, most of Africa, they would say, please give us nets that stop us from getting malaria. That's that's what I would spend my money on. So uh, we all have a bias to focus on what, what we see and understand up close to us and uh, whether or not it's economically uh, advantageous to do some other thing. It's just human brains aren't built to really process, as we've talked about before, you know, beyond Dunbar's number. It's like, we're just not built to really comprehend those numbers. And one of the things that we think about is, if it, you know, things we, we think about like, yeah, like what we face in the world, but yeah, it's clean water, clean water accessibility. Like, and you go to some of, you go to like developing nations and you see these big cities and many places, they're still carting away their sewage in, wow containment vehicles because they don't have a they don't have a sewage system they don't have a sewer system because it's like when you're trying to rapidly grow and it's hard to get everybody organized or have the funds or the money to sort of do these things these things often just get skipped or ignored which has caused local environmental issues and so yeah i think it is a that that weird pessimism is just i think it's, i find it frustrating well in, just in this idea that that i i i i take kind of the opposite i'm not going to say like I'm not annoyed or disappointed in humans because that impulse as flawed as it is has caused us to be the only species who's eliminated all the other species in our own genus. <laughs> like, like there's something about that that has kept humans alive. Uh, and so obviously there's something there now, hopefully we'll understand to be good stewards of the environment or whatever, but, um, we are very, very good at identifying threats 
uh, of all types, whether you're running a business, uh, you know, for example, we, we just had a chaotic environment where we went to DEF CON, you know, which is a big conference with tens of thousands of people and there's logistical concerns and, and there's kind of uh, among the team, there was a lot of back and forth of like, well, we need to get this much stuff there. And I just can't see any way to do it other than this. I was like, well, what if we do this? And then, then there, the response was invariably, but what if it doesn't show up? And I'm like, yeah, we'll find out, you know, we'll figure something else out. It's, it's tough to want to take on. It's, it's hard enough to take up on the challenge of recognizing trouble. It's double hard to take on recognizing trouble in, come up with four or five contingency plans for how you would deal with that trouble. And I, I don't blame humans who are very efficient with their caloric use of, of our wonderful, wonderful brains for uh, mm. becoming exhausted, trying to solve every single problem yeah. that you can even imagine about to happen. Cause it, I mean, yeah, it, I, it, it, I, it, it can be exhausting if you're just a consumer, right? Like this whole LK 99 thing, it's not like you could have any say in it or try it out yourself. You just kind of had to, take everybody's word you know, take everybody's word for it and every journalist's sort of take on it and then at the end of the day it was two months where we all thought about this thing that didn't even happen um well, I, and then you I, multiply that 12 times a year and then it just gets and then it gets frustrating we, you, you, you can see why people might stop dreaming well i would say that part of my, my criticism is more addressed in sort of i don't know we call them the the talking head class or sort of the the quote kind of public intellectual or whatever that the wants uh, to be cultural you know, like elites i think they say or podcast maybe everything's maybe. loaded uh, every term is loaded there's no neutral term for yeah. anything I, but it is there is there are people that like you quote we talk about alex point out people who just seem upset with any kind of progress they they deem all progress bad all progress bad you know and, and, and they look at any 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 human board is just a burden and not a boon and which is just not to, to me not a helpful mentality and, and not a humanist mentality i mean to me it's like like people the, the more people that we can have living a higher life sounds awesome you know you know that, that like existence can be a pain but it can be a joy and mm. the more people that have a wonderful existence sounds like a great plan to me there's uh there's a book that i enjoyed very very much and i already recommended it but i can't say what it is because by an Austrian author who uh, went through some struggles. Uh, hey. Oh my goodness! Uh, no, uh, uh, it. Um, what was it about? Why don't you tell us what it was about? Maybe that'll jog the, yeah. the title. Well, uh, uh, you know what? I, I'll, I'll be more vague on the plot points. It's uh, uh, Project Hail Mary by uh, uh, Andy Weir. Um, oh, okay. uh, remember in The Martian where. Uh, the same thing that was a disastrous problem was also not a problem for the same reasons. Like um, uh, uh, the, the main character in the very opening scene is caught up in a windstorm and becomes injured. Uh, but later there's another windstorm, but he, but he explains, uh, yeah, but I don't have to worry about it because the air pressure is so low. Uh, duct tape is enough to hold this. Um, and uh, there's a similar thing in project Hail Mary where there's a disaster of great proportions, uh, but out of that, they discover an incredible energy uh, thing that makes certain things possible. Uh, okay. And it's only after the book was over that I was like, wait a minute, if that thing that was causing the problem is so powerful, 
why didn't you use that to fix the problem? <laughs> you know, instead of the, the, it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful book. I enjoyed it very, mean, very, very much. But, but, but the same thing that was the problem was also the solution. If you back away from the narrative story. Like in the Martian too. It, it, that's exactly the point I'm making. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was the, the I, if, well, if you could get past that, I think you would, uh, boy, the audiobook version of Project Hail Mary, so. I'll check it out. I, I've met so, I can't think of a single science fiction book in the last 50 years that has inspired more people to go into sciences than The Martian. I've met, my, met biologists at NASA who said that made them want to get into that. And, and, I, and, and, and so that is why I have to get over my first, no, wait, that makes no sense at all. That's not how it works. <laughs> you know, when I read the book, I'm like, what if, why are people saying this is so scientifically accurate when this is not the case? You know, well, um, I mean, that is an Andrew problem. That is an Andrew problem. I was going to say that's. I mean, I guess some people were talking about that partially about the accuracy of that, but yeah, that was a bigger. It was. It was a, it was a crossover. It was. A, it was. A, it was a crossover hit. It. It did. It, that book did wonders. Andy wears a great guy. It is an Andrew hang up because I think I was presented to me as this really accurate book on Mars, and I'm like. No, that's not actually true. No, that that's not true. Like there are well, a lot and, of this great uh, science in there. And and, and uh, so uh, let me reframe it um, to the uh, um, uh, high school plus educated science student. You do get delivered the dopamine hit both in The Martian and in Project Hail Mary of what if blank as discrete unit. Like oh, now I learned a thing, you know. And that's that's mm -hmm. fun. That's fun to do. You do get a steady drip of that. But I will also cede your point that once you have all of those, you back up and you're like, wait a minute, why, you, why wouldn't you just blank? <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and yeah. But, it, but, it's, but having said but all we're that. We're so lucky to have these books. We're so lucky to have them. But it, it, very, very clear. And I, I, I won't say why, but, but the, the audiobook presentation of Project Hail Mary is unique in very special ways that brought me great delight. It was uh, highly recommended. I think it's at 107,000 reviews at 4.7 stars out of five. Uh, it's uh, I highly recommend it. However, yeah. you, you gotta stop I selling. Got to You're selling end. too much. Yeah, All you're right. teasing too much. Yeah. Yeah. There's candy. There's candy, and there's a pool, and there's rainbows and stuff at the end. Right, and then and then like, you you, get, let and us, then you get to the end. You're let like, us salivate. wait, was there no protein? We are like, yes, there was no protein. <laughs> it was all candy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, space, dream about it. Dream about it sometimes. Big fan. Uh, hey, speaking Big of fan. space, uh, I think it was an Economist podcast I was listening to about the race to the South Pole. Have you heard about this? Oh, we, I think we had a link to this in our weird list last week for patrons we, when we didn't we, have a show. We we made it there, guys. We we made it to the South Pole a long time ago. Sure, really well, uh, but but, uh, but uh, which South Pole you think we're talking about, Andrew? The southern southern one. <laughs> we're talking. Brian, about, hit him up. We're talking about the lunar South Pole, which is thought to have a fine repository of uh, 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 water H two O. I was about to say liquid water, but it's definitely not liquid. But uh, that would be a core component. Uh, but because orbital uh, trickery that you have to do to hit the South Pole uh, on the moon is a little more complicated, you, we've had over the last few years, I believe there are four craft that are in transit 
trying to make it to the South Pole. Some have taken long orbits and some have taken uh, short orbital paths. And um, mm-hmm. uh, 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 and so like that's that's basically the, the, the Goldilocks zone or as close to it as we're going to get of where to set up the first permanent moon colony. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Last week, Russia, mm-hmm. Ro- Roscosmos sent up uh, their uh, their lander and uh, in India's was uh, in orbit. Uh, but the, the 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 it's a race. It really does seem to be a race of who will land there first. Yeah, so far we've only been able to kind of smash things into the South Pole of, of the moon. It's easier. Uh, yeah. Well, and one of the things that will happen after we build a more permanent habitation on the moon, I mean, you know, go back for the first time in almost 50 years, um, is getting from Earth orbit to the South Pole is hard, yes, because of, like, trajectories. But once you're on there, to build craft that actually go from point to point on the moon is actually not that hard um ooh that's good got, okay so you know. so then okay so let's say we have a base then we do the easy thing landing in the sea of tranquility where there's kind of a temporary way station and all you have to do is is just do a hop and a skip to get to the south pole but then but then you have kind of a two-way street where the south pole can send more water that can be made into uh hydrogen oxygen fuels or 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 i think uh, methane something mm-hmm. Uh, is important in there. Yeah. Would okay. Here, I, I got a question uh, for you. I methane there. Um, we we've developed the moon. We've put humans up there. We've put land developers up there. Which hemisphere of the moon? What? Which? Which hemisphere of the moon? Bright side or dark side? And north side or south side? Uh, I actually, I I think we're gonna go way back to ten years ago. When we all were, we all had lava tube fever. Like I think that once you have a base on the south side of the uh, south side, uh, south pole of the moon, then you start doing probes and you figure out where, because uh, each lava tube could be basically the size of a Manhattan, just seal off the top, and then and then those are the hot spots. But that that is not the question. Mm-hmm. The question is. Oh, the do, cooler do, one. Do you want to? Do you want to live under? You want to be a chud? You want to be a neo chud? Come on, don't live underground. Get, okay. get, get, look at that pale blue you know dot. What? You know what? Okay, okay. See, so you have, you have two blue dot. You have, you have two weeks long for your day and your night cycles. Mm-hmm. So the question is: so, uh, 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 oh my God, you're gonna love this condo. It has a view of Earth. Mm-hmm. And then uh, is somebody gonna say, oh? Earth. That's the last place I want to look at. I want one on the other. Yeah. I want one hey, on the you, dark side. Can, of the can you cover me in a lot of rocks and metal and stuff? I just don't want to see anything. <laughs> I don't want to see the sky or anything. Uh, well, well for telescopes I, and stuff, that would matter, right? Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, you just build that wherever you want. I think. I think that one. What's going to be interesting is that you mentioned the South Pole. One of the other resources that's, that they have there, apparently is carbon because carbon uh the moon is very nitrogen poor and carbon and it's it's one of the reasons why we go why mars and not the moon is that i don't know if you looked at life on earth kind of a couple two things it really likes carbon and nitrogen and that's where it would be for getting the distance trying to have stable life on the moon is actually harder you're going to be having a constant supply of things from earth unless we find like some hidden reservoirs and stuff so uh what about um we, we've talked about a solar system-wide array. Like, you could have an entire orbit of 
like like the James Webb telescopes uh, all the way around the uh, a single orbit of the solar system and you would effectively have a solar system sized uh, telescope that's i dare say a long way off but you could would there be a benefit to oh no i just realized the dark side of the moon is only dark side to earth you still you still are well the advantage of the dark side of the moon is is for picking up electronic transmissions because basically you have this nice shield that keeps you from listening to things from earth Mm. if we're talking about building an electronic telescope so so you'll uh, you'll you'll still be blind with uh sunlight Mm -hmm. for half half, you know uh, every two weeks but then when it's during what we consider to be a new or or i guess no a full moon during a full moon you would have an unparalleled if you did something like the very large array you you'd be able to that's a big that's a big telescope mm-hmm. yeah the size of the moon <laughs> yeah yeah get some glass out there no Lens. no interference giant uh, check uh, this out march 13 2023 the lucy night pathfinder scheduled to launch a few years from now that's nice and specific a few years from now a small radio telescope on the far side of the moon can help scientists peer into the universe's ancient past the moon instrument called the lunar surface electromagnetics experimental night lucy night is a pathfinder being developed by the u.s department of energy's brookhaven and lawrence berkeley national laboratories the space science laboratory at the university of california berkeley and nasa science mission directorate the base of the idea is they want to put a lander on the far side and wow look at that no that'd be so great you think they can put your name on so it that's brian the, that's a secondary thing call it the schwid the schwidoscope uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh did uh, i don't recall if we talked about it one of the downsides of all of us talking to each other all the time is it's hard for me to remember which program we talked about it on but but did i describe for you uh seeing the starlink array pass overhead I think I sent you guys a picture, but I yeah. don't think I was there that next week. Uh, what was the experience like? Uh, uh, I mean, it's exactly what you would expect. It's like you're told that at so-and-so o'clock, there's going to be an array of 15 Starlink satellites going over. But th- but finding a spot where it's dark enough and then not being sure if it's happening or not, and then it gets brighter and brighter and brighter, it was a real treat. Highly recommended. Uh, it, 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 and I forget... I'm sure there are a billion websites that that cover it, but basically look up. All you have to do is put in your zip code, say uh, when you want to see a Starlink overpass, and it'll give you the next uh, awesome window. It was great. It was really great. Wow. Uh, there you go. I think find Starlink might be one of those websites yep. to, to find that. Wow. And, and that's pretty much what it looks like, what you're seeing there. It looks like a bunch of, a bunch of dots and dashes. Passing but, overhead. But they're like but, in a row and they're like in orbit with each other. So they look kind of human. But but it, it is definitely next to the eclipse, the biggest celestial event I've ever seen with my eyes. Because it actually is spread across, across farther than the full corona of a solar eclipse. Uh, I guess wide, wider. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's only one line, a bunch of dots or whatever. But it is the biggest celestial well, i don't know maybe maybe bop or or halley's comet mm-hmm. i don't know but but it's up there and it's worth seeing and yes it's man-made but you know what else is man-made rad fireworks on the fourth of july those are, are worth you? watching too <laughs> i'm i'm overly defensive celestial <laughs> watching man that's my new character <laughs>
Do we want to do picks? Yeah. Do some picks. I got a pick. I got a pick. I got a pick, and I mean it. Pick it up. Pick it up. Uh, Those books. Very rarely does a second season of a thing come out, and then I discover that uh, uh, starting from the first season, this is great, and I don't know how I missed it. But the greatest thing I've seen on Apple TV Plus in the last year was not the third season of Ted Lasso. What? It was not anything else. It was... uh, Even Severance? uh, I don't know oh, if that's... that was with, actually a joke, but actually, maybe. Uh, I mean, maybe. I don't know. Um, uh, uh, Hijack was very good, but my favorite right now is the first season of The After Party, starring Sam Richardson. Uh, it's great, great, great all-star cast. You, So many faces you'll recognize from so many talented uh, comedy shows. It looks like they're changing the name to Suspect so that they can keep on doing sequels. But uh, boy, oh boy, did I love it! It's uh, it's one of the I, I I I could spoil the conceit, right? It's it's one of those not stories. spoiling to talk about the conceit. Okay, yeah. It's the, a- the whole conceit is there's a murder and there's kind of a goofball of a person trying to solve it. Uh, Tiffany and, Haddish. Uh, uh, t- uh, 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 Tiffany Haddish, okay. and everybody tells their version of the story, and of course we're all the heroes of our own story. So as a result, each episode is in a wildly different style. So there's a rom-com episode followed by uh, a Hamilton-style musical episode followed by another one. Uh, Oh, is it fun. And uh, uh, boy, have I enjoyed it. The after party is so, so good. Nice. Yeah, I... I know that there was a lot of hubbub about it when it uh, when that first season came out. Is the second season all the way out now? Uh, I, 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 no. It's coming out week after week, which, as you know bums me out so i've sort of backed off for a little bit okay. uh but uh but it's great uh second season appears to be awesome as well nice uh i got a small pick i got a small pick for you uh we we actually talked about this on the great night program a few uh a few weeks ago when this started to become a viral hit and uh now the full song and the whole music video is out for uh planet of the bass which uh started off as like a goofy like here's a parody of 90s Eurobeat music um, and it it became this like a uh, hit song on TikTok and on, is, online is, is this kind of like the, the Zlod like like pre-YouTube long live space race long live Mulvania well it's it's meant to be like a 90s Eurobeat song so it takes on some of those themes like a broad world peace and uh I love everything I'm seeing here. This is amazing. Uh, But the the full song's out now. Uh, One of the the greatest things, just the greatest thing about the story. So it it got popular about five, four or five weeks ago. And uh, yeah, I saw that. Good good job. Good job on that cutaway, man. (laughs) So they had, they had this music video come out with the, this, uh, uh, the blonde woman in this music video doing the singing. And then they put up more clips of that same part of the song, but with a new woman every time, kind of like, the lip sync uh, problem of the '90s. Well, even this blonde woman is not the singer. <laughs> There's a fourth woman who is the actual singer, uh, which is just perfect. It's just exactly '90s. It's and it's, uh, okay. the the lip sync problem you're talking about is like the fact that they represented the everybody dance now uh, right, girl this, as just this very slim, attractive 
Yeah, well, exactly. Then, the CNC Music Factory thing, the black box thing, the Milli Vanilli thing, even yeah. to, a, to a degree. Um, but it's great. It's cool. It's a catchy song. It's on Spotify. It's called Playing of the Bass. Uh, check it out. Clapping the hands. Andrew, got a pick? I watched, uh, caught up on several movies this last couple of weeks. Uh, hmm. I uh, watched myself some Asteroid City. I watched uh, some Flash. I watched uh, some Spider-Man uh, uh, across the multiverse. Spider-Verse. Oh my god! And uh, I'm here to, to to make my pick. Man, Star Trek: Strange New Worlds second season has really been fun. I've really, really enjoyed this. Um, the fact that they did an animated episode with crossover of Lower Decks that was great. It was objectively great, and they pulled it off, and it felt very Star Trek to me. And a musical. And like, ah, oh, musical, not my Star Trek. You know, my really hard sci-fi Star Trek that's really just full of all these hard science fiction things. Like, listen, Star Trek is not hard sci-fi. It is fantasy. And when it's done right, it's great. And, uh, man, love this. Love this. I have not seen the musical one, but I'm 100% down for it. Have, have you taken a look at that one yet, Bryce? Uh, I have not seen it yet, um, but I did like that. That crossover episode was really was good. We talked about it on After Talk uh, when it came out. Um, it, it had no right to be as good as it was. Uh, and uh, It didn't? Uh, oh, I, oh, I don't know. Like, I, like on paper, if you submitted that to me, I'd be all like, nope, hard pass. I'd be like, yeah, if you could pull this off, but nobody's going to be able to pull this off because it's just not going to work. And they they nailed it. It was so – I just kept going like it, it – if you had told me a year ago, like, the beautiful thing about Strange New Worlds is that – I'm sure there are people who like Star Trek Discovery. I don't know who those people are, but I'm sure you like it. Um, that To really take Star Trek in a new and cool directions, that's what this did. And I think to be doing Star Trek stories almost 60 years since Star Trek first came out and to come up with fresh takes and things like this, to take that same... You could take this stuff back in time 60 years ago and show it to somebody and be recognizably Star Trek. And actually the characters are the same, you know, some of the same characters from before. But then the idea, like, adapt and evolve. And, like, let's, let's if if you can live in a universe where you can have a magical Q-like being or you can show up on things that look like Shakespearean sets in the 1960s series that look just suspiciously like, you know, Burbank Studios or sound stages, why can't you have a musical? Why can't you have, you know, a cartoon episode? So, well, and, and there's um, just... Yeah so much joy and so much fun. And, um, I, I, there's always been winks and nods, like, uh, even in Picard, they did kind of a time travel theme that they recreated scenes from time travel episodes in the movies. Um, but, but there, there was this great moment where, uh, 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 to acknowledge the fact that the, we went from a cartoon world into reality world, like, the reality cartoons are like they can't get wait they can't wait to get back to their own timeline they're like this time is so weird everybody talks so quiet and so slow you know and like it was just (laughs) the right amount is so good yeah uh yeah very uh, enjoyed it and yeah they they get to in a little more serious story arc there uh there's a moment watch the musical i want to see if there's a moment where i said to me next i watched it while she was asleep she goes why are you laughing? And I said, I'm going to explain it to you, but you kind of have to be a kind of a Star Trek fan. And like, I don't really laugh out loud. 
<laughs> no, so it's that good. Loud. It's 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 there's that... a moment. I mean, it's it's just it's gonna be it's 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 a musical. It's gonna be you know they're gonna shoehorn in songs here and there, whatever. There is there is a moment. Yeah, for me, it was just I died, and then we'll talk about it later. <laughs> there we go. Check it out. Strange New Worlds. Yeah, so happy. I I just. I get frustrated when I hear, well, maybe this thing, it's ran its course and it needs a timeout. Well, I heard that little discovery, like maybe it needs a timeout, Picard, you know, like, no, it needs great storytellers. It's the same solution. And, and not to say that people who work on those shows aren't great. Maybe they're not empowered to do this. Maybe you get, you get, you get studio directives that it's hard for us to know. You will never hear, you almost never hear a director say, yeah, this sucks because the executive agreed with this and passed it on. Uh, told me I had to add this in there or else I wouldn't get my And that happens all the time on everything. And so often we don't know why bad decisions are made or why things like you go, this show, why does it suck? Like, oh, because this executive here kept saying they've got to have this. They love this character and said you have to do this, 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 and this. And you're like, derp, I don't know. But anyhow. Well, and, um, and as we've talked about I, before, it, it's a miracle that anything gets made in Hollywood. Anything yeah. that sees air yeah. is has threaded a, a thousand to one shot needle. It's incredible. Yeah. And I, and again, my recurring endorsement for what we do in the shadows is it is every episode feels like a gift. Yeah. It's, it's really good this season. Gentlemen, it's been very weird. <laughs> That's my time, people. <laughs> very weird. I'm done. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>